Hello and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts. My name is Joe Fortunato. I am joined, as always, by my co-host Michael Murphy and the elusive Pokemon, Shayna. But before they speak, I have a little rant to go on before we begin with anything. And they're probably as concerned as you are. But I'm going to bet some of you have found this podcast for the only reason to hear what my reaction is to David Quinn potentially benching Pavel Buchnevich against the... uh, Against, who is it? Is it Colorado coming up? Colorado. And then Washington. There you go. Colorado and then Washington. Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-backs. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you it right now. On this podcast, since its inception, I don't know, three years ago, Mike, we started this. For the past four years on the website, Blue Shirt Banter, I have asked for one thing really above anything else. And that's accountability, fair and stable, from A to Z. Doesn't matter who the player is. Doesn't matter what the player's position is. Doesn't matter what the player's making. I want accountability for everybody. If I were the head coach of the New York Rangers, I would have a Boston accent. I probably would not have Pavel Buchnevich as my first forward to bench. I'd probably say VC, then I would say Hayes, actually maybe Hayes, VC, and then Kreider before Buchnevich. All that said, I understand where Quinn is coming from. Buchnevich struggled when he got moved to his off wing. He didn't look so great against Edmonton. Quinn is kind of making it seem like it might be an effort thing, which is why Buchnevich, I guess, could play, depending on how his practice went on Monday. But I'm okay with it because... And this is where everybody's probably going, oh, you would have been freaking out if this was AV. And the answer is yes, I would have been. But you want to know what the difference is? When Neil Pionk got benched, Quinn made a point to tell the media, I'm not just sitting a guy in the press box. I am explaining to him what I need from him and I am coaching him. It is my job to make sure that he does the things that I want him to see, that I want him to do to get back onto the ice. We know that wasn't happening with Vigneault. We know it for a fact. It is happening with David Quinn. So if the accountability has to go from top to bottom, and Kevin Shattenkirk just got it, in a sense, a couple of games ago, and it happens to fall on Pavel Buchnevich, then so be it. I, I, don't, I hate the word disinterested. I don't think Buchnevich looked very active against Edmonton. If that's the way this is going to be, then that's the way this is going to be. The only problem you should really have with this move is that the Rangers' plan B for sitting Buchnevich is Cody McLeod, and the fact that you can make an argument that guys like V.C. Crowder and Hayes probably deserve to take a seat before him. But I am confident that Buchnevich will come back into the lineup on Wednesday against Washington and that he will at the very least understand what Quinn wants from him if he does not play on Tuesday. So if you were looking for me to freak out and start a panic and a riot and turn on Quinn, no. And those are my reasons why. Michael, Shana, how are you guys doing today? Joe, how does it taste what? The David Quinn Kool-Aid. It tastes pretty good, Michael. It goes down soft. I'm assuming you disagree with me, then. I have a lot of things to say. Well, then say know, them. I know Shane is just knitting right now. Um, this is a podcast. So what if I am? Don't put a, don't blow up her <laughs> spot like that. That's messed up. You know, guys, it's cool. I'm knitting during the podcast, and if you want your own scarf, you can find them on Etsy. It's in my uh, Twitter. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use that opportunity to put it. That's fine. You can pl- you can plug the hell out of it. I'm, Although I'm I think Mike it. and I figured out that you don't remember Mike. She said she didn't knit during other podcasts because oh she had God, to be it more was intentionally. Other. It was one other podcast, yeah, and it was, was because bigger, I was nervous. Yes, she was nervous, so she wanted I to knit, make sure I that she didn't screw anything up. We just we just did a blue shirt breakaway. I knit the entire time. Well, thanks for plugging the competition. Yeah, you've now you've plugged the competition. Oh my 
God, here, here we go. We it go. Just, and you know what? I was going to say something nice about how nice the scarf was that you knitted for me. Yeah, but now I, I feel attacked. I feel attacked. No, 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 no. Let's back it up. Let's back it up. Mike, the kind soul that he is, decided he wanted to get Joe a scarf. And so he did. And he had me write a note saying how if... I knew you wrote the note because the handwriting was legible. Well, like, what do you think? Mike's going to mail me a what note? What the hell are you trying gonna... to say about my handwriting? I think I've made it quite clear what I was going to say about your handwriting. My handwriting is shit. I was trying so hard to be like... Mm-hmm. And I'll choke you out with Shane's scarf. Here we go. It's strong and sturdy, which is why you should purchase it. But fine, Shane is knitting aside. Mike, your thoughts on the Quinn Kool-Aid. Yeah, I don't know, bud. It's, it's tricky for me because... You know, I, I look at Buchnevich and I ask myself, is he the forward who's had the hardest time? And then I ask myself, is this does this feel eerily similar to Vigneault scratching the kids before ever kind of, you know, holding veterans accountable? And we've had two games of, you know, Neil Pionk has sat for a couple games. We've only had two games of D'Angelo. And now, and I know you're going to say, you know, Vlad and Shattenkirk have been scratched. But there are... Like, off the top of my head, Kevin Hayes has been awful. You know, Spooner has been really quiet. Like, you know, has has Vlad been, you know, really any better since he was scratched? And, you know, like, there's there's other guys who can get the axe here. And the problem I have is, in in particular, Buchnevich was jerked around a lot. And I know you said he's making it clear to Buchnevich and... You know, the communication's going to be there, and that's all well and good. But we don't know how well or, you know, how well Buchnevich is going to understand that message. And it's not just because of the language barrier that is a real thing. There's also the obstacle of he's a young guy, he's a young, skilled guy who, you know, has had his confidence already kind of crapped all over. And I just don't, I don't see him being the problem here. I just don't see, you know, and the idea being, you know, we, we heard, you know, on, on Twitter today, it's, it was practice, it might have been practice related in terms of consistency and practice. And, you know, I know that his underlying numbers haven't been great, but I also know that he's still playing really well. He's not with, you know, KZB hasn't been together and he still, he still is making plays. He's still out there doing stuff. Does he look disinterested? I don't know. I don't really look at players and feel like they look disinterested. What I do know is that Cody McLeod is not going to help the team. Pavel Butchnevich is going to help the team. And five months from now and five years from now, only one of those guys is going to be relevant to this team still. So yeah, that's my problem with the Kool-Aid. Shana, do you have thoughts before I respond to the Kool-Aid? Uh, yeah. I am not... I don't think I'm, like, turning on Quinn yet. I'm just kind of, like, waiting, watching, listening, seeing what happens. Because there are things that he's done that I I agree with so much. And there are some things that, you know, I'm left scratching my head. Uh, I think that he added a new system. I don't think they've learned it. I think it takes time. I think we saw it with teams like uh, Arizona last year. It took a really long time to understand, like, what Rick Tockett wanted the team to do. I think they have to work on the power play more. And they didn't in camp enough. So, the scoring suffering, they need to do something. I don't think this is the answer. I understand sending a message. I understand wanting him to play better. And I think if he was just demoted to the fourth line, this is a little bit more drastic. But this also is, it's like, don't just sit back and and play 10 minutes and whatever on the fourth line. He's saying, 
go in the press box and watch how we how we're playing and watch what you're not doing and just keep an eye on everything to which I guess I'm okay with this versus the fourth line if it's for a game if he came out and said the same as Shattenkirk you know okay it's only for a game no big deal but it's happening and he'll be back the next game I'd be like all right you know whatever at least it's been like established it's figured out but um yeah Booch could be better Hayes could be better Kreider Zabanajad Spooner VC just about everyone so it's not he shouldn't be the only one singled out, but we saw Hayes was benched for part of a game. I'm sure we'll see it with more players. If it was someone like Meskinen coming into the lineup, or even someone like Bleski, I wouldn't say much, but it's McLeod. And against a team like Colorado, like they don't have the deepest forward depth, but they have a lot of players that can really skate. So I don't think taking out one of your players that actually can skate and play that way is the best option either. But yeah. It's it, it could be a worse decision. Definitely could be a better decision. My Part of my response, and Mike, a lot of the concerns that you echoed, at least in terms of the players that are not being banked, right, resonate with me because I think Hayes, in terms of expectations, has easily been the Rangers' worst forward. He's been poop. poop wet poop, as Mike said before the show began. Wet. Um, I, wet I think. Poop. I think VC, again, in terms of what realistic expectations are, is pretty much done what you, me, and Shayna have expected, but has sort of been expected to be a lot more by this coaching staff, right? Because he, for whatever reason, he's still on the power play, and he's, well, now he's on the third line, but this is the first time, supposedly, that he's been on the third line. We actually kind of can't, um, we don't know what he's Quinn is going to do because the practice lines never seem to be the lines that actually go into the lineup. But here, it seems like it's an effort thing. Because I don't think Quinn was thrilled with Buchnevich's effort against Edmonton. And he kind of made a comment that effort was non-negotiable, which he's made multiple times. And then he, he talked about how skilled Buchnevich is and how important he is and that, you know, he they expect a lot out of him. And I don't ever remember Vigneault doing something like that. I do remember Vigneault saying it was the right thing to do. I do remember Vigneault saying a guy like Tanner Glass gave the team a better chance to win. I don't think the Rangers coaching staff is saying that and one of the big differences and again I, I can't make this point enough because I'm sure a lot of people are seething listening to this because they're expecting this fire to be rained down the judgment of David Quinn comes first and foremost from his ability to develop talent on this hockey team and if David Quinn thinks he needs to have a conversation on the side with Buchnevich, I need you to do X Y and Z watch from the press box and I need more effort out of you, and it lasts for a game, and there's a clear message being sent, I do think that's developing players. Adam was talking about the fact that this kind of feels like an extended preseason in that Quinn is going to do a lot of mixing and matching. Pionk, yeah, sure, he's been a healthy scratch for two games. I think we can all agree that he's been relatively disastrous in the three games that he has played for the New York Rangers. Um, How can Tony- we even know, though? He's playing with Stahl. Well, because and yeah, fine. He's played like Stahl, like they've played five minutes away. A hundred percent fair point. And my biggest issues with Quinn, and I think Mike, you you want to do the two things we like, two things we don't like, right? I just want to be with you. With Quinn, well, you're here with me right now, baby. It's okay. Um, one of the things that I really don't like about Quinn is that for whatever reason he came in as this defensive, like he's going to be the guy who builds the defense, right? Really good at getting the best out of defensive players. Well, not for nothing, 
McQuaid and Stahl have seen every single game. And Stahl's not even getting critical minutes. So Vigneault, uh, Vigneault, Jesus, Quinn obviously knows something is wrong and that he's not a guy that he can rely on, and yet he's still out there. How he hasn't taken a seat is beyond me. McQuaid has been up and down, but McQuaid's downs have been disastrous. So I think Brennan Smith has been like a revelation. He's been 2017 Smith for sure. That playoff series Smith, 100%. Uh, Shea has been good, right? We can all agree with that. Shattenkirk, I mean, the offense isn't there. He has zero points in four games. That's really bad. But I don't think Shattenkirk. Team in shots. I don't think Shattenkirk has been a disaster like some people say. say No, but he's not. He's not there yet. No, he and one hundred percent, he's not there yet. Like you could look at it and literally the way he's shooting, the way he's passing, the way he's skating, like everything. It's like all right, you'll get there. If he's not there in like five days, we can all scream and yell, but like. Till then, like, leave it alone. He'll get there. He's fourth on the team in shots, and he's missed a game. Like, I, I, I'm point. not worried about Shattenkirk. No, and neither am I. But but if you're going to be mad at Quinn, be mad at Quinn about the defense, because under no circumstances should D'Angelo and Pionk be sitting at the same time, unless no, one of them a, is hurt. I have an article going up about it tomorrow, Joseph. Absolutely no. Like, that is as inexcusable as it gets. He just plugged something now, that's going to be on your website, and you didn't just promote the hell out of it, Joe. What's wrong with you? Well, you know, I mean, Michael, he promotes himself. He's an animal. He's like a walking billboard. He's just so good at everything. He really and I is. apologize. I'm, I'm sick, so that's why my throat has this raspy sexiness to it, and I'm clearing my throat, and I meant to mute. Don't laugh when I say that. You're supposed to be like, yes, I agree. That's what it sounds like. Oh, well, feel, feel better. You sound so sexy. Oh, my uh, God. You know what? And I said nice things about your scarfs. I didn't insult you. I it's haven't said anything so bad hurtful. yet. I don't even Joe, know. one day you're going to be walking in the woods, and there's going to be a javelina or a wild boar. And it's going to slash your femoral artery in your leg, and you're going to be bleeding out, and the scarf's going to be the only thing that keeps you alive. Who died like that? What famous fictional character died like that? Hmm. Come oh, on, Robert guys. Baratheon. What'd you say? Robert Baratheon. You're goddamn right it is. Game of Thrones. Boom. Oh, I've never seen Game of Thrones. Ooh, I want to read. All right, I confession time. Hundred subscribers. Hand up, confession time. I've never watched Game of Thrones. I've read the books. I want to read the books. So they're they're really good. They're great, but you need time. And George R. R. Martin's never going to finish them because he's an animal. So I don't know what to tell you about that one. I may be done with Game of Thrones actually, but let's not harp on that. So point being. I understand why you would be frustrated that Pavel Buchnevich is sitting, and I agree with you. I share those frustrations. But I do think there's a difference between all-out panic. Like, yeah, if Vigneault did this last year, I would be freaking out. But I would be freaking out because there was a long list of evidence that Vigneault is doing it because, A, he thinks it makes the team better, and, B, we now know there is no coaching that goes on in that situation. Until proven otherwise, I am confident that there is some coaching going on. And listen, if Buchnevich sits again Wednesday, this is a totally different conversation. And he theoretically may not sit at all, but I don't know how good his practice was Monday, so it is what it is. Um, One more comment on this from me. There is a quote going around from Newsday where Buchnevich is talking about not playing on the left side anymore. And it sounds very mutiny, but... And people have, like, been passing it around. That's very mutinous. Yeah, as Buchnevich being like, I'm not playing the left wing anymore. I should actually find it before I do this. Wait, I didn't hear about this. No, it's, well, because it it happened before the game against Edmonton, and nobody made a story out of it because there, like, there is no story to be told. 
But if if you read the quote in its entirety, like in the moment, and you know nothing else about anything, then yeah, it kind of sounds, you know, a little a little bit like a pirate ship mutiny, if you will. But it, you have to remember too that Pavel Buchnevich does not speak English as his native language, so you know, uh, it's it's just a little it's a little different. Here's the comment that he had: Buchnevich said. And I quote, I'm not playing left wing anymore. It's enough. It doesn't work. And then he said it's when he was asked about the struggles, it's just hard in the defensive zone. I don't know what to do. It's so hard to make the play on that side. People are passing around the I'm not playing left wing anymore. It's enough. It doesn't work as him being like, oh, try to put me there. I'm not going to play there. But if and I wasn't in the room, so I don't know. But if that was what he said and the way he said it, I feel like that would be the story. There would have been a million stories. Quinn one hundred percent would not have played him against Edmonton, or he would have outright said that that's why he's not playing tonight. There would have been a million headlines like, "Look at this entitled Russian player not wanting to play." See, they're lazy. They don't want to do the work. Get rid of them. And it would have been like a lot of it would have exploded. This this media does not. They don't hesitate at taking their shots at Buchnevich, so I can't imagine that that wouldn't have happened. So me drinking the Kool Aid aside. Are we good on Quinn on this situation? We moving on from this? Yeah, you have Kool-Aid. Mike doesn't have Kool-Aid, and I'll like occasionally sip on the Kool-Aid, especially if they're Kool-Aid jammers. And here's the the one other point that I I, about Quinn in general. He's he's moved Howden up to the top six. He's moving Heedle to the wing to get him minutes, and outwardly admitted that he hasn't done enough to get him minutes. Mm -hmm. That was a big one. We we never saw that from Vigneault, ever. So as much as Buchnevich sitting, like, it, it, it's a lot to comprehend because it doesn't really make sense, I back away from the Vigneault comparables when I see stuff like that. Because would Howden have ever gotten a top six role on this team? Honestly. Well, Howden did fit kind of the mold of the player that he wanted, though. Like, think yeah. about it. He's this two-way center that'll do everything. He's hardworking. The guys that, you know, he's a guy that coaches love. He's good defensively. He's good at face-offs. You name it. He does. He, he checks all the boxes. So, normal circumstances, no. But with Howden, maybe. Just because of, like, you don't need to make him into this two-way center. He's there for you. And he's playing well. And he deals up, like, there, there are things that you should be very excited about. Like Shana said, I definitely think there's things you can and should be upset about. The defense being one of them. And like I, I said, I would not bench Pavel Buchnevich if I was the coach. But Me either. That's but just we're not me. the coaches. Yeah, what do I know? And I'm going to maintain if Vigneault had the choice of having like a million little Ryan Kesslers run around the ice, he would totally do it. Yeah, 100%. So maybe Howden would be liked, but you know, different. Super small. That's all. Mike, I'm giving you the open floor for the next topic. What's the next topic? That's what I'm saying. You get to pick it. Uh, Kevin Hayes hasn't been very good. Oh, Kevin Hayes has not been very good. All right, let's do it. Um, Kevin Hayes has a single, one single assist in five games. But even more than that, his possession has been atrocious. I I have a story going up tomorrow, too, that the Rangers' struggles really have started at the top of this team. And with the expectations that we had from Kevin Hayes, what we saw from Kevin Hayes in the preseason, this is not the Kevin Hayes that we were expecting at all. This is not a guy in a contract year. I don't think he realizes he has to be playing his tail off, especially if he wants the deal he was asking for. This well, and, and he player. forced this contract year too. He did. So I, I don't, and I don't even know what. Like, it's not like, and I'm gonna kind of you know flip this a little bit. Howden could have six points theoretically. He's been that good. 
I think Buchnevich actually could have a couple of more points. But, like, Hayes isn't even creating things. He's not crashing the net. He's not... I, he, the puck just seems to die offensively on his stick, and I don't know what's happening. You expect Hayes to kind of take that next step, right? Like Mike said, this is a contract year. Hayes is being removed from the shackles of being this two-way center. And what we've ended up getting is a lot of the Hayes that we saw last year, if not a little bit worse. I expected a lot of things at the start of the year. I expected a lot of struggles. I did not expect Kevin Hayes to have one assist in five games and basically be a non-factor. Shayna, what are your thoughts on this? I think that if he wasn't in a contract year and if we didn't think he was going to have such like an amazing season because he's away from Vigneault and then have that preseason, our expectations would not be nearly as high for him, for him but they are, so, you know, that's the way it is. But um, I think that I think that he obviously could be better. I think we saw it in preseason. Like, when he has the offensive opportunities, he's a lot better. He was getting to the front of the net, his passing, his patience. Like, every single thing that you want to see from Kevin Hayes, you saw throughout preseason every little aspect that is like oh that's why that's why Kevin Hayes is such a good player and you saw it on both sides of the ice but uh obviously not so much this year if I'm the Rangers I'm going to try to get him in a little bit more of an offensive situation and obviously with that you have to be better in general uh, defensively so you're not constantly you know watching Hank get a million shots thrown his way and trying to force your way out so when they're a little bit better um a little bit better defensively, you'll have more offensive opportunities in general. But also, I would, I know Foss is playing well on the first line, no one wants to hear this, but I would take him off the first line even though he's still doing well, and it's not a knock against Foss, it's actually a compliment of him. He's great defensively, and I think whatever line you put him on can be like more of your defensive shutdown line. I kind of want to see Howden get a little bit more of a look in those situations, because he played those in juniors, he's ready for it. You know, his coach constantly was putting him out in all situations, and against top players, and uh, penalty killing and all that stuff so he'd be good at the f- winning the first face off and getting himself out of the zone and into the offensive zone so I, I want to see what he can do there at the NHL level a bit I would put Faust on one wing Nemestikov on the other try to roll it as a shutdown line and then with Zook and Heedle you can have with Hayes down the middle you can have a much more offensive line and just see is it is he going to pick it up and once he gets into the swing of things you know mix up his usage then and I'm not saying shelter him but just give him a little bit more offensive time and mix it up just a little bit so he's in a position to succeed offensively, which is the position he needs to be in because he's not doing it offensively. And uh, go with it from there. But he's not going. You have to find a way to get him going. And you might have a solution just by mixing it up a little bit. Howden has taken his spot on the second line now. So I, I don't know if that's going to be kind of a kick in the pants, if you will, and let Hayes realize that, oh, shit, a rookie is taking my spot, and I don't He's want that to happen. Line this year. Who is? I mean, this year. The next game, Howden. I thought they, I was it's, reading. It's Nemesnikov, Howden with, um, wait for it, not Spooner. Mm, VC. Oh, that's see, I don't. Line. And That's with Howden. I, they have this weird habit now of not putting the lines in order. They're just kind of writing out what the lines are, and it confuses me every single time. I kind of like it, though. Uh, well, because it doesn't allow us to conform to like what is and isn't a first or second line. Um, I've kind of been using Nemestikov as my 
gauge for what and like let Letary is an easy one yeah. to figure out who's on the fourth line. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Heedle, Howden, and Zuccarello. No, it's Hayes. It's Hayes, Heedle, Zook is the second line, and then the third line's VC, Nemesnikov, and Howden, and then the fourth line would be Butcher McLeod with Spooner down the middle and Letary on the right wing. Huh. Not sure I like that as much, but um, yeah. And then that- manager at Foss. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's obviously the first line because right now Jesper Faust is still, as of this conversation, the leading goal scorer or the leading point scorer on the New York Rangers. And Howden's right behind him. Yeah, and Howden is literally right there. And Buchnevich. Like, in the story I'm writing, Fast is the point leader. That's always bad. I love Jesper Faust. Do not get me wrong. When he's leading the team in points, something is wrong. And... Then behind him is a few players, like Buchnevich and Kreider and, I think, Zabanejad. And then behind them, there's a few players with two points. And then, like, if you take the Carolina game out of the Rangers' repertoire of games, they're scoring 1.75 goals a game. That is atrocious. The power play is, what, 1 for 10 or, like, 1 for 12 or something? I think it only has one goal. The Rangers, like, there's just, the offense is just dried up across the board, and, and Mike is going to talk about this in a story he's writing, but, like, Kevin Shattenkirk's PDO is 88%, which I've never seen that low before. It's really low. It's that's not a number you'd expect to see, because that's extremely, even for a small sample even size. Even for a small sample size. Goofy to, low. to put that in comparison, if I told you Shattenkirk's PDO was 96%, People would be like, oh, that's totally unsustainable. That's super low. Yeah, that's like, oh, he's really unlucky. And it's another eight points below that. 100 is neither lucky nor unlucky. 100 is the baseline. Anything above 100 is lucky. Like, just to put it in a different perspective, if he had the reverse PDO, if he was 112%, Shattenkirk could probably have like 15 points. That's how ridiculous that is. So it's not shocking that he's... You know, he doesn't have anything, but like Shana said, he's getting his shots off. Shattenkirk is still an individual coursing machine. Those are all really good things. I said that. Oh, I thought Shana said Yeah, Mike said it. Said he's that. all about players gaming their courses. Yeah, but see, that's the, it's just the, the absolute metrics cheating players. Um, I, I had a good point, and now I forgot what it was. So, Oh, Brendan Smith has some of the best, if not the best, possession numbers on the team right now. So that's another good thing. And, and Shea has been fine. Good. Great. He has been a little bit better than fine. Yeah. He's been great. I would say he's been damn fine. Damn fine. Yeah. You still get to see he's had like a couple like rushes that you're like, oh, there's that skating. There's everything you like about Shea. Seems to be uh, playing better defensively. And I uh, really want to see him play with, um, I want to see him with uh, Pionk on his right. Curious to see him again with D'Angelo because that pair looked really good before D'Angelo like, what did you like snap his ankle in half? Ugh. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, did you guys see Justin Schultz on Saturday? Yeah, he fractured okay. his oh. his leg, didn't I was, he? I was cringing. You see, it just uh, no. Oh, it's like, on. did you guys see on the? Uh, I think it was the Bengals like two weeks ago. Like someone's foot was like. Did you say the Bengals? On the Bengals, like the Cincinnati Bengals. The the Bengals. Yes. <laughs> Mike, back me up on this. I did not say it wrong. Mike, Mike, like, I know it's B E N. It, you said bangles, like Bojangles, okay. bangles. Or like the 80s. <laughs> yeah, the Bojangles bangles. In fact, I, it's so amazing that I think the Bengals should petition to have their name changed to the okay. Bangles. The Cincinnati Football Club, if you saw them play the other Such day. A cop out. 
the, the flyer's foot was like the wrong direction. Oh my god. The bangles were, the... they sang Walk Like an Egyptian. Bojangles with the bangles. Whatever, guys. Anyway. Whatever. Um, yeah, I... I I actually, God, that's so that that I weirds really me out. I really want to see Shay with Pionk because I feel like, you know, when we look at the again small sample size, we need like an air horn for that. Just small sample size, uh, five games, but Pionk's numbers, possession numbers, are technically the worst on the team, and then it's you know Stalin McQuader in that same neighborhood. But like we, he's been stapled to Mark Stahl, and. That was the case last year after the deadline. And last year after the deadline, we were saying, like, you know, he's kind of passing the eye test, right? But the numbers look really shitty. And now when we have to look at him here after five games, a lot of people are saying he's not been good enough. And, you know, Quinn has scratched him a couple times, and people are on board for that. Meanwhile, I look at this situation as, why the hell is Adam McQuaid here in the first place? Because Pionk is a guy who you can develop. You cannot develop Adam McQuaid anymore. You like he's he's not going to be a part of this team solution when it's on the other end of this rebuild. And having Pionk play with Shea, you'll get him away from Stall. You'll get to put him with a competent defender. And I feel like that would be a really good way to evaluate what's going on with Pionk. And it's also, you know, a very good reason to you know do what I think is the most logical thing to do when we talk about guys who need to be scratched. It's Mark Stahl or Adam McQuaid. I mean, it's... And if, you know, the, the A on Stahl sweater makes him invulnerable to that, then make it McQuaid. What has he done to kind of, you know, earn his spot? Like, Brendan Smith's, you know, road to redemption here has kind of made the McQuaid acquisition even more of a waste to me, right? Because... And it was a pretty big waste when it happened, to be fair. It was already a bit of a waste, yeah. I don't know. I'm all I'm all fired up today, Joe. I'm full of full of spice. He, he's yelling at me about drinking the Kool Aid. Usually, Mike is like the the even keeled one. Shane is out here making us feel bad about our podcast not being important enough, and, and oh here we are. Oh my god! She's saying what? bangles, the bangles. Oh my god! Bojangles with the bangles. Actually, I won't say anything. I'll just sit here and knit. Like no, what do I No, no, no! Yeah. Stop bullying. it! Yeah, this is bullying. I have a point though. This is a safe space. <laughs> yeah, what's your point? <laughs> so safe, so safe. Um, it's funny to me that, like, defense players are constantly shuffled up on this team. Like, the last couple of years, it's like, yep, not working, defense sucks, let's change the pairs. And it's never been like, oh, let's tweak the systems, let's do whatever. It's like, let's shake up the pairs. But it's like one of the shittiest pairs is, is the one that's there. And to start last year, it was Holden McDonough forever when every single pair got shuffled up and changed and whatever. And you never had the chance for chemistry and all of that crap. Post-deadline... It's Pionk and Stahl that are like this shut down pair all of a sudden and you know, sure they did a couple okay things, but it was also like you could do better than this. And now we're in this year and what's happening? Like Smith and Clayson were actually a good pair that one. Clayson played really well. Yeah, and he was good with Smith and with the Smith redemption thing, he is playing on the right side again. I know having the extra right handed defenseman was like, Oh, just in case but you had Clayson who could play the right. But, oh, look, Smith can play the right again. So it's like, okay, check, check, check. But they were good, and yet they're the pair that gets shuffled around. And then it's Stall and Pionk are like, your only option for Pionk's in the lineup, because why? And Shay and McQuaid are not being broken up. And it sounds like before the San Jose game that it was going to be Shay Shattenkirk again, and 
McQuaid out, and then that didn't happen. So yeah, I, I don't understand it. I mean, look, I understand wanting to figure out who your young players play well with because you do want to have it. This is our steady pair, especially our first pair. If I'm the coaches, I'm thinking we have Brady Shea. He is kind of the leader on defense. And the he's future the, of the defense right he, now. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's find him the partner that he's going to stick with. Let's give him time with D'Angelo. Let's give him time with Shattenkirk. Let's put him back with Smith because they once had something and Smith looks like the player that he was then. Let's find his partner and then kind of work from there. And if the rest are struggling and you have to mix up the first pair, you do it. But first kind of like establish that and they haven't. It's, it's Shane McQuaid when you have... You know, four other options you could try just to give a shot. Even Clayson, you could give it a shot because why not? I don't get it. Well, Mike, let me ask you this question, and Shana, you can answer this question too. If I'm forcing you to choose who to pair Shea with in terms of development between Pionk and D'Angelo, who are you picking? So long as it's one of them, I don't really care is the short answer. Really? Yeah. I agree with that. It's the eva- this is evaluation time. Whatever ex- you can conduct both experiments eventually, but you got to start with one experiment first. So okay, let's do Shea with Pionk or Shea with D'Angelo. I don't. It doesn't really matter to me. Maybe just from a you know trying to think of you know what their strengths are. I think it might be more interesting to do D'Angelo just because I feel like he's a less well balanced player and. You know, you can encourage Shea to kind of help cover for him, and, you know, his speed should make him able to do that. But, like, uh, part of me feels like just give Neil Pionk a chance with anyone else. Just anyone else. Like, Stu Bickle. I don't care. Anyone other than Stahl. Just so we can get away and we can look at him. Like, you need the control in the experiment. You need something to compare to. We don't have anything to compare to, and that's maddening. Again, this is one of the things that I think Quinn rightfully should be dragged through the mud for is the fact that if this is going to be a year of development and we're going after draft pick panda as I'm or development panda, as I've referred to it a couple of times, development panda, you you don't care about the wins and losses, right? This is consequence free hockey. So McQuaid and Stahl don't have to be in the lineup at the same time. Clayson does not have to be in the lineup. You know what Clayson is. He's not turning into anything else. I the Rangers, him, yeah, and uh, listen, I'd rather him out there than Stall or McQuaid. No, 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 but like, I'm gonna go the opposite, Mike. Though with that, I'm gonna go Pianquiche because I think he's a little bit more well-rounded, and you can lean on him. I think as a pair that you can put them out, kind of let them do whatever they want in all situations, and let them go. And you really, I think you can, and you go with maybe Smith, Shattenkirk behind that, and see what they can do too. Have your third pair be Clayson D'Angelo. Clayson knows how to play alongside. Yeah, see, that's good. Yeah, that's a good. Only defender in Ottawa that, you know, could actually keep up with Carlson and didn't somehow tank his numbers and tank his abilities. He knows how to play with someone like that. He's defensively responsible. He can play a shutdown role. So while you would think in general, oh, maybe they won't complement each other, how many coaches want that shutdown guy to be with that offensive guy? Now you have an offensive guy that isn't just the Shattenkirk where it's like, oh, he sucks at defense because he's offensive. D'Angelo's not very good defensively. We know it. Give him nope. place and see if it changes. Well, and that's, um, to me, if I had to pick one or the other, I think I'm picking D'Angelo. But like Mike said, the infuriating part is that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It should be both of them. There's and like I said, if, if, the, if the Rangers are playing in a development is key thing, 
atmosphere, whatever it may be, there is absolutely no reason for McQuaid and Stahl to be playing at the same time while D'Angelo and Pionk sit. None. Nope. And D'Angelo, by the way, had two points in his first game. And, yeah, he was a little rocky against the Sharks. But, again, like all these people are gloating that D'Angelo struggles against San Jose. And, by the way, these are the same fucking people who are gloating that Buchnevich may be sad. No, we're explicit now. We can curse. Joseph, well, to be fair, was Buchnevich fast, physical, and relentless? Because, like, the oh, Blue Shirt Banter likes these people, so we need to hate them. Or bloggers in general like these people. They like stats. We hate stats, so let's hate them. There was some moron who, and not to go down this rabbit hole, Shayna like posted a photo of cap hits, and he was like, "Oh, another the boring statistical." It's fucking. That's the cap hit, you idiot. I get this a lot though. Even I remember I wrote that Pionk article, and like I felt like I probably leaned on the stats the least because I was saying with Pionk, "Throw the stats out. They don't mean anything because they're crap." No one's stats from last year meant anything. That he was with Stall, yada yada yada. Here's what we did. Here's what he did. Let's look at video and go through what he did. And they were like, so many stats. And I was like, honestly, this is the article you're gonna choose to like pick at the fact that I'm using stats because really, fuck off. Well, well and and I was getting into it with some guy, Shana, and hmm? dumb sports idiots online. Just I don't I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's be real. If I posted Jeff, I genuinely need you to like break it down for me because. My girl eyes and my girl brain stop me from comprehending hockey because it's a man's sport. Yes, we, we've learned. Get in the way of everything. We've learned that yeah. as a woman, you everything. you can't have any value. I in literally hockey, apparently. can't see over my boobs to see the screen to see what's going on. Yet I managed to gif this clip. Like, go away. Yeah, those and they're the same. Like the watch the game people are the same people who somehow miss all the critical things that like statistics would do a great job at explaining to you. You know what you're seeing. Um... Wow, we spent a lot of time on Buchnevich. We spent this haze. We did the defense. That was pretty good. Uh, what else, Mike, before we get into questions? Howden? Should we talk about how good Howden's been? Oh, yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Howden. Okay, a question Howden's for you guys. Is Howden a wizard or a unicorn? Unicorn. I see. I'm going to say wizard. Shayna? Noble. I mean, I wouldn't call him either. He, also, he's magical. Like, you know I would think no- of like a hardworking... Okay, Sounds like a wizard. Normal. Wizards work pretty hard. No, I feel like on. they wave like, their wand and that's that. Like, I like love deer, a good wizard, but like... When deer battle with their antlers, like, you know, like the clackety-clack of antlers hitting each or other. Or rams. What about a yeah, ram? So, but Howden is good at face-offs, and a unicorn would have almost like a hockey stick out of his forehead when he's dueling other hey, what, 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 what are you talking about here? It's a horn. He can't win a face-off with a horn. Well, it's for I'm sure mating rights is why it would happen. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, if you're if you're a female deer, and you're watching two males fight over you, and one of them is a unicorn, you better pick the unicorn. Why don't you tell us what we want? We'll pick who we want. God, I would 100% pick the unicorn. I don't know who I'd pick. What about what's inside? Well, unicorn. According to Harry Potter, unicorns are like the most majestic, nicest creatures of all time. Yeah, and if you drink their blood, you can sustain. Yes, and as the leading mm, as true. the leading uh, information source of unicorns, Harry Potter kind of takes the cake on that one. Harry Potter's just like so good. Unless you have a thesis against unicorns, which I guess I would have to administer as. I've heard of bad wizards. Haven't heard of a bad unicorn. Yeah, all right. Well, Brett there you Howden go. Howden is a unicorn. Well, yeah, listen. Howden scored a great goal against San Jose. The, the kid is second on the team in points right now. 
He's playing crunch time minutes. He's getting a big role with David Quinn. I've seen him eat a salt lick, too. I've seen him eat a sugar cube. Now we're just talking about things that deer do. Um, Here's the thing, and, and I think this is really important. There is a rumor going around, if you will, that like everybody thought the Rangers got back a grinder in Howden. And I'm not totally sure anybody of note ever said that. Oh, no, wait. I think... No, wait, Go ahead, Trina. So, the grinder thing, I, I didn't hear about this, but so, this is interesting. So, in the WHL, you take penalties. It, it's just the way it is. And he had a lot of penalty minutes, which might be what made people think, hello, grinder, or any sort of player of that, you know, vein, like, that's the way it is when you have that many penalty minutes. His team, the Moose Jaw Warriors, were actually one of the least penalized teams in the WHL, and they still are. It's pretty normal. And like Mike and I were looking it up too. Each team kind of has a player that just piles on the penalty minutes. I think right now in Moose it's a guy named Joey Thrower, which is amazing. But, it's the um, best fighting name of all time. It really is. But his early years... Joey Thrower. <laughs> his early years, a lot of those penalties came from things just learning how to defend. And that was, you know, learning how to defend with the stick and all this stuff. His I talked to his coach and he was like explaining that to me and saying how like... You need to know how to defend yourself and stand up for yourself in the WHL. And Brett knew how to do it from the start. He, you know, he stood up for himself and he would stay on the puck and do what he had to. And if it meant, you know, playing with bite and playing a physical game or whatever, he would do it. It's not that he was a grinder, but if he had to play that role and in the WHL, you kind of have to play that role. He could do it because he could do a little bit of everything. Well, I, I don't. Adam was like the most, I think, critical of Howden, and his most critical comment was elite third liner, which is obviously not a grinder. I don't think anybody thought the Rangers were getting a grinder back in Brett Howden. I don't, I don't know if yeah. people expected Howden to be this good. And hey, small sample size, it's been five games. And I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that Howden's not going to be a good hockey player, but like if Howden cools off considerably moving forward, you should expect that because this is his first taste at, you know, day-to-day professional hockey. I think he got a little cup of coffee with No, I actually don't think he did. He played with Syracuse with um for like a minute when the WHL season ended and he ended up playing a couple playoff games there, but it wasn't much. But he did, you know, like practice with them in camp and that kind of stuff, but this summer was the first one that like he did something really different from his routine. He was in New York for the summer and doing all that. And Yeah, he's never, until opening night, he never played a, a, a game in the NHL. No. So that answers your question right there. I don't, there's no, absolutely no reason for you to assume that, and listen, the kid's 20. He's not going to be 21 until the end of the season this year. So you give the kid room to grow and give the kid room to breathe. But he's been great. I mean, absolutely a revelation. And I hope it stays that way. This is exactly what this development period is for this year, is to have guys like Howden get the opportunity to be really, really good. But that's why Pionk and D'Angelo have to play. There's no, you know, you can't have it one way and not the other. You guys ready for some questions, some hard-hitting questions? Yeah. Okay. You know, Trina, you could be a little bit more excited. I'm ready. I don't know. I feel like every time we're going to answer questions and, like, they're like a test, and then me and you are going to yell at each other, and, you know, I'm just thinking of those things. I don't think I've ever yelled at you once. Oh, and never. The only, person, never. the only person who has ever hurt the other on this podcast is you oh, hurting me, oh, so. Yep. 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 So you're a dirty goddamn liar. I'm not a liar. When you, when, when you do that, 
I'm going to have to drag you in response, and I'm biting my tongue right now, but, like, just oh, know. like, you haven't done know. that before. I didn't say I didn't do it before. I do no, it with everyone. I just, like, hmm. I can't help myself, but, like, someone will say, like, it, it, it's a, uh, one might say a character flaw, one might say. It's it's an endearing quality. No, but, listen, uh, it is what it is. We're all we're all who we are. Guys, we're fighting like a bunch of Bengal tigers. <laughs> see, and now Mike betrayed see? you, and see? all of a sudden I seem pretty good, don't I? All right, let's get to the questions. We're starting with Kevin Power, our very own Kevin Power. Oh, uh, Kevin. Are Kevin you enjoying won. the season so far? Nope. Really? Nope. When did you become Mr. Negativity? I don't know what happened, Mike, but uh Yeah, when did you like you have so many things to be thankful and happy for? Now you're you're just dark Mike. Now I wish I was more thankful about my friends understanding that I'm a man of complicated emotions. Well I think well listen Shayna and I do understand that that is the way that you work, but I think we'd like to understand why you feel that way. Have you been watching the blues too much and now that you're coming back to the Rangers, you're like Oh. Oh blue you know what's really stupid? You said have you been watching the blues too much and you know what Joe thought? Blues Clues, Blues Clues. Dad Brain. Yep, Dad Brain. Well, I've never actually watched Blues Clues with Kaylin, so I can't even... What does Kaylin like to watch? Uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Okay. Mickey and the Roadster Racers. I like it. Puppy Dog Pals. Never heard of it, but it sounds nice. And The Wire. And Muppet Babies. (laughs) And The Wire. Muppet Babies. Do you watch the Disney princess movies with her? We have not yet. Can you please, like, oh my god, you have to watch all of them, and then you have to play Pretty Pretty Princess with her, and if you don't, you're the worst. Okay. You've attacked both my ability to be a father (laughs) and me as a person. Mike, why have you not enjoyed the season so far? I don't know. I just want to make a bold statement. I don't even know how I feel anymore. That's somehow darker. I know. (laughs) Shayna, have you enjoyed the season so far? My old friend. I've enjoyed Henrik Lundqvist, and only Good. Henrik Lundqvist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I've enjoyed things, and I've not enjoyed things. And, uh, you know, could be better, could be worse. Yeah, it could be better, could be worse. I think overall I've enjoyed the season. I walked into the season expecting nothing. Yeah. It is amazing I'm what happens when you expect nothing. I'm expecting development, and I feel like I'm getting it, at least for the most part. There's definitely some issues on defense, but, like... I think part of the reason why I'm I'm sort of drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will, is because objectively every loss the Rangers have this year gets them closer to Jack Hughes. Every one of them. You know what? But it I know also, why I feel the way I do. Sorry, what, Mike? No, go ahead, Shana, the and then Mike will tell us why he said. Every step closer to Jack Hughes, though, is a step closer to Hank being sad, and I don't like that. But, but Hank just, is going to be sad regardless. I am I am not happy with the fact that Hank is facing a shut ton of, of shots already. Like, I expect it until they learn the systems and yada, 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 but I'm not happy about it. But I am so happy that he's playing so well against all of those shots. And I'm just looking around, and I'm like, ha, ha. And I know that the month of December is going to come around. Like, he's going to go through his normal December thing, and he's not going to be good, and everyone's going to be, like, screaming and yelling. But, like, can we just for a second? Defense in front of him, still not good. Henrik. Still very good. And if you say otherwise, just don't say it near me well, at all. Uh, listen, the the crab people who lunge Swiss, like, you're a moron. I, you're just, that, I, I don't that know. That annoys me. And, like, I can listen to a critique about a player. I can listen to critiques about a lot of shit and, you know, be objective. But, like, enough. Like, when it comes to Henrik, like, enough. But that's the Give hill you're going to die on. The hill you're going to die on is that Henrik Lundqvist is the reason why the team hasn't won. 
I don't like. There's not enough venom to throw at at those people. You want to make an argument that Lundquist is uh, getting older and deteriorating? I don't think anybody's going to disagree with you. But if you're really going to sit here and act like any team in the world would not right now sign up for a Henrik Lundqvist career, you are fucking insane. Seriously, you are insane. And if you decide that you're going to spend what little time you have left with Lundqvist bitching and moaning about Henrik Lundqvist, you didn't deserve him in the first place. Yep. That's all. Yep. I And he's overpaid. You're, again, I, like, w- what do you want? You stand behind all those shots, play as well as him, not lose your mind, which, yes, he yelled at the team last year, but, like, let's be real. But, yeah, yeah, again, you know it. what? We the, all loved the, it. These are the same people who, oh, he's throwing tantrums, temper tantrums, really? You're the same people who think that Derek Stepan was a bad leader because he wasn't vocal enough. And also, if any Can't other player ways. did it, if any other player, if you saw Mark Stahl like, get up on that bench and be like, guys, you all fucking suck, play better, let's go, you'd be like, yeah, leadership. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's Can't a leader. Oh, my Messier, God. Messier, like... You're all, lucky I uh, didn't do it for the last 15 years. It's just, it's absolutely ludicrous to me. You can't have that type of a double standard. No. You can't. Michael, why are you sad? Michael. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Well, you have to talk about it. You, you, you teased it. All right. It feels like, it feels like David Quinn was this charming guy. Like, he's like, I know you guys have been bamboozled by organized religion before. I'm going to do something different. It's like, we're going to do, like, a commune. And then all my friends were like, you mean a cult? That sounds a lot like a cult. I'm like, no, it's not a cult, you dicks. And then I go there, and it seems really fun, and he's saying all these nice things, and he looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. And then all of a sudden, he starts doing things that remind me of the bad times. And, like, maybe starts sleeping with people's wives. And he's just like, it's all just free love, man. And then maybe there's, like... All of a sudden, it's like, no more no more red meat. It's like, oh, but red meat's everything. He's like, well, also, I'm going to start scratching kids before I scratch veterans. And it's like, well, that's not really fair. And then all I really wanted was a year for evaluating these kids. And I don't consider Vinny Letary a kid. And Booch is too old to really be a kid. But he still kind of falls under that umbrella. And we've only got a little bit of Pianca, a little bit of D'Angelo. And it makes me sad. And then he's sleeping with wives too. And but that's not but, right. but let me let me give you the flip side on that. And I, again, I don't think there's I don't think you're really saying anything aside from the whole cult thing. That's not right. Like there's definitely flaws to Quinn's game. I, I would be. I think Quinn is doing a lot of what he can to figure out what's going to happen when this team needs to contend. And Adam kind of brought up a good point when he was talking about the Buchnevich scratch, which is this does feel like an extended preseason. It feels like through November, Quinn is going to mix and match and do anything he can to try to find offense. And here's the thing. The Rangers have scored 1.75 goals a game, removing, you know, the Carolina game. He is looking for ways to get kickstarts out of people. And he's not benching Buchnevich and saying... I need more out of, or, or not saying I need more out of him. He's saying I need more out of him. We expect him to be a big player. That is miles different from what we've seen in the past. No, but it's benching Buchnevich for Cody McLeod. It doesn't fix a goddamn thing. But who? But who? Who would you play? 
I would play Pavel Buchnevich. I but you say you want to send a message to Buchnevich right call now. Meskinen. What do you do? I just because, said you call because, up. I I guess and but yeah, but you're gonna but then you're back you're back jerking Meskinen around. You know what I mean? Oh, like the Rangers play again. A cup and, of coffee. You don't think this is jerking Buchnevich around? Don't no, come it, in it here is. busting through brick walls saying, "Oh yeah, it's Mr. Kool Aid," and tell me what oh, I know. Oh yeah. Don't know. I know the law. Well, yeah, but I, I feel don't like know. if he was just on the fourth line, like I just don't think it would. I he got his minutes, you know. To, he was demoted like last game, and his minutes dropped, and all that kind of shit in the third period. I, I mean, are you gonna just throw him on the fourth line, or are we all gonna yell? Oh my god, it's a waste! At that point, don't play him. Be like, look, watch the game, get better, be ready to play the next game, and have the best attitude humanly possible, and play two, your Shana. best. But Mike, if 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 Matt Bileski is coming in instead of Cody McLeod. Do you I feel, feel this way? I feel... I mean, if Bolesky's coming off of his injury, I feel less concerned. No, assume Bolesky's healthy, and he's coming yeah. in instead of McLeod. Yeah, I would have less concerns. That, because I feel like that is what would have happened in that situation. Well, that's an assumption on your It part. is 100% and an assumption. And when you assume things, Joe, you make an ass out of you. But And, and listen, I, I totally get where you're coming from and really do appreciate it. I'm surprised no, that I'm the one kind of defending me. this sitting. You don't. But like like Shana said, you're playing Washington Wednesday. You're playing Colorado today. Well, yeah, I guess. Unless you're listening to this at midnight on Monday, which theoretically you can because it goes up on iTunes right away. Give us five stars and like us on iTunes. Um, and like leave a nice comment because that's nice of you. But if... If they don't want to jerk around Meskinen, and Quinn is just saying, hey, listen, Pavel, I need you to do more of X, Y, and Z. Take a night off. Watch the game. You're going to go back in on Wednesday. I, I don't have an issue with it because you're 100% right. McLeod helps nothing, but it's not about McLeod, and it's not about winning. It's about making a point to Buchnevich. I want to make this clear. I don't. I am not a coach. I don't know how to manage young players. I don't know if this is the best thing for Buchnevich. The problem I have is the context of this with last year and what happened to Buchnevich and the fact that it was plain as daylight that it screwed with his head. But and he, he kind of said it, it screwed with his head because he didn't know what his role was. Yeah, and he's already playing on his off wing sometimes. And, like, I know I'm not trying to, like, just paint with a broad brush here, but, like, if there are communication issues there, isn't this something to be a little concerned about? And, you know, I want to make it clear, I'm a little bit being devil's advocate here. I'm making a stand on this because I feel like someone should make a stand. I didn't expect Shayna to come over here with, like, a mouth stained red from Kool-Aid. Like, remember how Kool-Aid used to be like, really red I am sipping the Kool-Aid, and it's blue, and it's a Kool-Aid jammer, so it's really you know what, bypassing Shana? my lips. The Kool-Aid was blue in my mind, too. Blue Kool-Aid was the best Kool-Aid. And it was so much better if you got it from the little four-pack of jammers. Oh, my God. 100% better. I used to ask for those all the time. I would be like... I'm leaving the show. I found those, by the way, at the food store Yeah, they still have them. I got them on tomorrow, and they're really nice. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to get them tomorrow when I go to the post office. Maybe you should. Maybe I will. I want to make a point about Michael. I think... I one I 100% see where you're coming, Mike, and I don't want you to feel like we were ganging up on you. Not that you. I just hit my elbow on my desk and it hurts a lot. Not that you would. I I'm, I'm playing really devil's advocate to elbow. you playing devil's advocate. I am frustrated that Buchnevich is sitting. 
I am under the assumption, and you're right, it's an assumption, that they're having a conversation about why he's sitting. Him going to the off wing was bad, like he kept going to the right side out of muscle memory. It was bad. It went away. Quinn is experimenting with a lot of things. He's trying to get the most out of Buchnevich that he can. I would be far more concerned if it was this is the right thing to do. It's not, though. It's, hey, he's a great player. He's going to be really important to us. We just need to get that out of him. Also, this is my whole thing. It's five games. It's been five games that I look at literally everything we've seen and been like, eh, it's five games. And, like, maybe my attitude is a little bit too lax about it, but, like... I'm super lax. It's five games. And also... You're X-lax. (laughs) X-lax. I feel like with... There's so many veterans, and, like, here's my most positive spin as humanly possible on why Stahl, McQuaid, and everyone else is still playing. Mm. They got to look at the veterans at a certain point and be like, you know what? You're not doing it. You're out. And then go, okay, now time for development. And, like, now let's focus on the kids and that kind of stuff. And and maybe by keeping them in, that's what he's doing. And he's like, let's see anything we possibly can in a longer sample than five games and be like, you know what, McQuaid? Not going to work. You know what, Spooner? We got to do something different, you two. VC, let's try this. And they're giving him a shot. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I could totally be but wrong. If they didn't know those things already, then we are in a much deeper swamp of shit than I thought. Well, like, be. even if they know them, like, until the systems are totally figured out and in place, and until they're as familiar as possible with each player, and every player has every chance to show it, I don't know. I don't think it should always be the kids out, and I, I don't... The whole, it's Pianca or D'Angelo thing, and now both are out. I think it's completely wrong, but well, and I'm trying coming here back into the to lineup. be positive. I, I'm kind of like Shana in that it, it is five games, and like a negative boy. there's no, I don't see any reason to panic yet. And this is the DEFCON 1 situation of panic for Joe Fortunato, my large adult son, Buchnevich, getting getting scratched. But like, am I, is he the most deserving? No, but he you can't sit here and say he's been the best player on the ice either. No, you can't. I want to. I'm not panicking. No, and I, I don't. I don't think you are. But I think a lot of people like this whole "we're done with Quinn. He's a bad coach." You don't know that. No, I just think it's it's perfectly reasonable to be skeptical. And sure. Like to some extent, it's important to give Quinn leash here. You know, we talk about how much leash he's giving his players, but also it's important to give him leash. I mean, the preseason is not that long. And, you know, he's stepping into this situation where he does have to work very hard and, and get things figured out in a hurry. And this is not an easy situation because this team, as much as we talk about the rebuild, is still very much in the transition to being the team that it wants to build up from. And all you need to do is look at the, the roster and see, you know, how few, you know, guys under 23 years old are a part of this team right now. And... My big thing is just I want to see more clear signs that we're getting somewhere with developing these kids. Because I'm not sure. My biggest problem with the Buchnevich scratch isn't just that it's Buchnevich and it's McLeod. It's we've seen D'Angelo not get enough recognition for what he's done. We've seen Pionk not get a real fair shake here. And meanwhile, we've seen guys like McQuaid and Stahl be in the lineup every night. And yes, Mark Stahl is averaging the least amount of ice time of all the Rangers D. So Quinn must be, he must recognize something there. But if you can recognize that, but then not take action, like what does Mark Stahl bring to the team other than these intangibles? Oh, he's, 
he's a good soldier, he's been a good soldier a long time, he's an ultimate captain, yada yada yada. Like, those are all well and good, but what the hell does that have to do with the rebuild? What the hell does that have to do with developing young players? Because that's the that's the way you work your way through a rebuild. You have to get young. Mark Stahl's 31. He's got two years left on his deal after this year, and he's like a husk of the player he used to be. I'm not trying to say that to be cruel, but he's not a top four NHL defenseman. It just It's not what he is anymore. So why is he there? Why is Adam McQuaid not getting scratched? Why is he stapled right now to Brady Shea? And Brady Shea's development is also really important, but you know, he's got the big contract, so he's got all these big responsibilities, and you know, he's supposed to be a future of this blue line. Maybe it would be a good idea, like Shano was saying, I don't know, to play him with guys who might be a part of the blue line with him in a few years from now, like D'Angelo or Pionk. Because that guy's not going to be McQuaid. He's UFA at the end of the year. If he's here after this year, it's bad management, one way or another. I think that's very well said. And like I said, I would I would be much more concerned if I didn't see signs of development elsewhere. Howden, Heedle, you know, Quinn being reflective of his own failures in, in, in the press conferences. But the defense is definitely a problem. Because it hasn't been adjusted at all. And it's I have- always going to be a problem. And like it's never going to look good, right? But I would rather it not look good and have kids developing and making mistakes but- than veterans making the same mistakes and seeming to be immune from this accountability. But if, if you and I are using the same curve of judgment, of development, then a lineup without both Quinn and D'Angelo or Pionk and D'Angelo is a failure. I don't care if the Rangers give up a million goals this year. It doesn't matter. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's about developing be really the players. Sad for Hank. It would be it would super be. sad yeah. for Hank. I, yeah. Um, Josh Sarkin, would you call Elias up and send Heedle down? Ooh. No. No. I would not. I, I mean, Elias has done really well. I said Elias before. I apologize. Um, Elias has done really well in Hartford. He had a Gordy Howe hat trick the other night, but. Like, Quinn can't find minutes for Heedle right now, so he's moving him to the wing. Anderson is not going to alleviate that problem. That's my that's my response. I mean, great. I hope Anderson continues to do it. Mike and I kind of outlined what we thought, you know, realistic expectations were for Leas this year in Hartford, and we wanted, you know, 50 to 60 points out of him, and it looks like he's certainly on pace for that. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you, Oh, you got to get him up and send Heedle down. We don't know what Heedle's done at the NHL level yet. He has two assists in the games that he was playing in the top six, and then he kind of got pushed down to the fourth because of Howden, and now we're here. I think Quinn is figuring all this stuff out, but Leas will be back up in the uh, the top nine, so that's at least a benefit. Mike? Yeah, leave Leas where he is. It's the, it's the five-game sample size. Let Heedle figure it out. Even Quinn, you know, my other thing is he's acknowledged it. I want to see him give him the more ice time and not just say he's going to do it um especially because he's becoming like david copperfield in terms of his his practices and what he does with lines and then you know all the beat writers are like i don't know we can't trust it anymore it's smoking magic smoking mirrors um i i think the best thing to do especially with these young guys is reward heedle he made the team out of camp you know, he's still showing these bursts of magic and still looking really good. So playing with skilled guys, 
and it looks like he'll have that opportunity now, and that's that's a good thing. Um, and I feel like the message to keep sending to Leas is, you made this team. There's just a glut of centers. We're not down on you. We're higher than you on ever. We just think this is the best spot for you. You know, when an opportunity arises, you're going to be up here, and then you're going to stay up here. Because I feel like the most dangerous thing this organization can do would be to keep jerking Anderson up and down. Um, I think that would be a very, very bad method to take. Shana? I agree with what both of you said, especially with um, the heedle point that you just made, Mike. Uh, I, I mean, he's going to get This question's brought us back. It's brought us back together. I'm, I'm really glad. But I think that uh, Heedle's going to get a chance on the wing. And, you know, I definitely want to see him get to play center more than he has. But if he can go up on the wing, he can thrive. Uh, why? You know, there's nothing bad to say about that. And if they can somehow distribute the ice time a little bit more evenly in that fourth line center position, it's not going to be like, ah, uh, fourth line minutes. You know, it's it's fourth line minutes and then special teams time or something like that. And they decide to bring up Lee's eventually, like, by all means. And he will be brought up eventually this year. And I would guess that Heedle stays up and Anderson just joins him at a certain point. Um, but he, he had such... He, he really didn't have a stable year last year. He started in Sweden, then he came for the World Juniors, injured his shoulders, play in, played in Hartford, came up to the Rangers, and then went to the World Championship. Like, let him just play somewhere. Let him just find his footing, which seems that he has, stick with it play, work hard, and then bring him up. And then, you know, you restart the process, but you don't want to just keep jerking around and jumping around team to team to team to team and readjusting. Just play. Do well. And it's not like they're not going to be running the same systems in Hartford that they are here, so you learn them there. Now, once you're here, it's just adjusting to the, the difference in talent that you're playing against, but, you know, some of the fundamentals are going to be the same. I think all that's fair. I think all of it's fair. Fisk Jesus sorry buddy I butchered your name what do you hope the plan is for Hito's development following the comments from Quinn about him finding more ice time is it worth it if he plays on the wing I mean we we just kind of talked about that a little bit but yeah I, I don't think I, I, him playing on the wing he needs the minutes right he needs the NHL minutes so right now if it comes sort of at the expense of him playing at center then so be it Right now, he needs the minutes. He's going to go back at center at some Second point. Second the motion. Shannon, are you going to, you going to bring us home I unanimously? To, I, had to, I had to unmute it. It took me a second. Final question. Jamie Bustled. Hey, folks. Thanks for taking the time to do the show. He's, God damn it. He is so nice. Always makes Mike a nice smile. Jamie. What happens to McLeod when Bileski gets back? And how does that affect Leas as far as him coming up? I would hope, and we just kind of debated about that too, that McLeod gets bumped down to the 14th forward when Bolesky comes back. I don't think, like, Leas is a center, so they're not going to stop him from, neither of them are going to stop him from coming up. I can't really see another scenario there. Like, then again, McLeod was signed, and, you know, that's a thing worth that's troubling in and of itself. But I feel like, Bolesky did enough. I think Bolesky made a bit of a statement in the preseason. And, you know, it's a shame he got hurt because, you know, he was playing like, you know, a man on fire just in terms of running into everyone. You know, he got hurt in a fight. You know, whether or not that was a smart fight, whatever you might 
whatever your opinion is, I, I understand both sides of it, but uh, I don't I don't see why McLeod would have any place in this lineup. Uh, you know, this is not an organization that needs to worry about having an entertaining lineup to sell tickets, so they don't need to have a guy who throws his fists around, and we all know that he doesn't protect his teammates in terms of being a deterrent. Because it doesn't work. He was on the ice when Heedle took a, a headshot. So it's uh, it's very hard to justify his continued presence. I feel like him moving to the 14th you know, forward role is what's most likely. I think the best thing would be to let him hit the waiver wire. But that's just me. Well, I think we're all in agreement about everything. And I want Mike happy. Mike deserves to be happy. I am. You know what? I am happy, folks. I had a really nice week. I had a fun weekend. The Rangers lost, but you know what? At least Camp Talbot was happy, and that's nice. It is very nice. Alex Gardner, Alexander Ricard, Armael Kistner, Andre Shikagov, Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Bob Kawa, Chris B, Chris Habibi, Dan Carosi, Chuck. Carosi. All right, so Chuck messaged me separately. Okay. To tell me that I was close with his name. He okay. said the I, the letter I is more like I, like your I sound. Eyeball. But he has two I's in his name. S-P-I-D-I-N-A. So would it be Spidina or Spidina? Spidina. Chuck, I'm going to ask you to send me another one and let me know. Dan Co- <coughs> Sorry. Dan Carosi, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, <laughs> David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, Guy from Montana, 50, Gabriel Igor Zatlovsky, James Dangles, John J. Porter, John Reppy, Johnny Lowe, Keith Franchillo, Matt Bader, Michael Silvers, Mike Offit, Robert Courtney, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, Robert, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kepner, and Zachary Zetlin. Thank you all for donating. You're lovely people. Um... Yeah, you all rock. Shana, did you finish your scarf during the show? No, but I, I think I'm like a third of the way done. I'll probably finish it tonight. It's a, it's a Dallas, scar- uh, Dallas Stars scarf that will be shipped mm. out tomorrow. And then I'm doing a near Granger Liberty scarf that I've never Ooh. done before. Joe, who wins the cup this year? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. Instead of answering your question, why don't you promote bench bosses? Um, that's not what it's called, you son of a bitch. That's only our Twitter handle. Well, you know what? That's the way that it is, because behind the benches... You're supposed to be the CEO corporate executive, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, well, Bench Bosses is uh, a little bit catchier for the youths. Mike, do you want me to do the talking on this one? You told me yeah, before. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm tired. Okay. Behind the Benches is uh, our website. It's behindthebenches.com. You can follow us on Twitter at, at Bench Bosses. And it's all about it's it's all about coaches. It's it goes through. It is the cap friendly of coaches. Yeah, we don't have. Ah, Joe, that's sweet of you to that, say. That's very nice. That's that's very high praise. We go through. Um, I like you again, Joe. All. You, <laughs> you shouldn't have stopped liking me. Um. Yeah, you really I've shouldn't. I've been hating have. you for weeks, just for weeks and weeks and weeks, just hating you. And it's been feeling my whole existence, but now I like you again. Shane is literally promoting your website right now. <laughs> yep. A lot of people, and I'm ruining the whole no. thing. We have Mike a Patreon, is not by ruining. the way. Yeah, patreon.com slash blue shirt panther. Let us do the podcast thing because clearly we're the professionals. No, but Mike's saying we also have a Patreon for Behind the Benches, whoever oh, yeah. wants to subscribe, and you get pins and stickers, no and you're going to get access to our information before we post it. Things like Coach's Challenge data. 
Oh, that would be sick. We have every single coach's challenge since coach's challenge was in place, and we're going to start like working o- that in on things. And uh, M G. You know, we're working to expand. We're working anyway. To expand. Check out the website. It is honestly one of the most innovative ideas. Like you, you look around in today's day and age, and you're just like, oh, what can be done that hasn't been done already? This, and there are not two smarter, Flying brighter cars. people like Mike and Shayna who have put it together. And I actually have nothing to do with this um whatsoever so that should make you like it even more uh thank you all for listening like us subscribe follow them bench boss on twitter we like bench be nice to each other bench boss did i say bench boss sorry yeah i put in the wrong email for when we ordered the pin so it's totally okay i had to fix that today we love you all goodbye goodbye everybody